Hi, welcome or welcome back to my podcast, Consistency of Life. It's your internet big sister, Kate, here. And today's episode is going to be about, well, it's the first episode of a series that I'm sorry, starting about inner work, how to do it, how to go about it, what does it mean for me, and a little bit more. So let's get into it. For me, inner work means healing and finding my truth. And the first thing that really jump-started my journey of, you know, self, self-truth, I guess I could say, you know, starting to do the inner work to heal past traumas and to reshape my mindset and really figure out who I was at the core was removing negative influences. I I found that by doing this, I, I became my main source of influence and I, I created a larger power over myself while realizing the power that other people or things had over me, which one of the one thing and uh, that i can talk about on here is uh my addiction to nicotine that was one thing that once i removed it i realized the power that it truly had over me it wasn't just oh you know a cigarette here or hitting someone's vape there it really was I had this reliance and I had this dependency on it that I just wasn't allowing myself to see because it was ingrained in my life. And for some that may may not make any sense, but I guess a better way to put it is that, you know, just rose-colored glasses. When when you here here's an analogy um when you're looking at something look at your hand and hold it out in front of you you can you can clearly see your hand you can see every line and stretch and you can see where it folds and the cracks and the crevices but if you put it up like on your face like touching your face on your nose it's blurry and you can't see your whole hand. You can't see it for what it is because it's just too close to you. And I think that also applied with people in my life. They were just too close and they were just too, there was too much of them and these other additives ingrained into who I was. I became all of these external sources, all these external people. And and I mean, in a way that is, you know, kind of how you do find yourself and you, whenever you enter a phase of your life, you are impacted by that and you come out of the other side a different person than you were before. But for me, um, once I noticed, you know, once I took these factors or people, places, things, once I removed myself from them or I allowed there to be um, a larger gap or space of time and distance between me and that other person, place, or thing, I was able to see it for 
what it clearly was or who they clearly were and the power that I was allowing them to have over my life or the influence that they were having and how I was playing into lifestyles that didn't align with who I truly was, but that I needed to entertain those certain lifestyles to find who I truly was. And, um, and I learned from this that disconnecting is really connecting with yourself on a, on a certain level by disconnecting with pretty much everything around you that you have a reliance on, you're able to connect with yourself in a deeper way and really reevaluate your surroundings, your environment, and just the impact that you're having on your own life. Because for me, that I put this huge emphasis on what are you know other people doing to impact my life and what is this doing to impact my life? And then I took a step back and I, I thought, what am I doing to impact my life? And that was a huge first step for me was really removing negative influences that I just didn't kind of see them see as negative until I took that step back and I was like, whoa, I feel much lighter without this person or place or thing, whatever, which is crazy because I convinced myself that I felt so good when I was entertaining this specific this specific lifestyle, I guess I should say. And I kind of realized that as independent as I am, I also allow people to have an influence over me. I allow certain substances to drive my life, to guide my life. And once I kind of realized the power that I was putting in external sources, that gave me more power. And that allowed me to see how I was a negative influence over myself and how I had to stop putting the blame on all these other people because they themselves weren't negative. You know, some of the addictions that I have, yes, they are inherently negative. Um, but I was negative for entertaining those negative substances. And I was being a negative influence over myself by still entertaining this person that wasn't uplifting me in the ways that I needed to be uplifted. And in turn, I wasn't doing the same for them. And it helped me become a better person overall and take accountability for the direction that I was taking my life in. And I was able to work on introducing more positive influences and you know, recreating the dynamic I had with negative influences so that they became more positive or just completely cutting them out and learning that that is just fine and I'm not a quitter 
or I'm not this evil person for deciding that something is no longer in my highest good. Something or someone. It really helped me by seeing where I was harming myself by allowing all of these other external sources and lifestyles to hurt me in turn. I was hurting myself by surrounding myself with people and things that were hurting me. Although they were hurting me, I was in charge of protecting my peace and my space in my environment, and I wasn't doing that. And so just taking a step back, deleting social media, you know, not hanging out with friends every single weekend, uh, journaling a little bit more and meditating. That's the next one I want to get into meditation, which meditation is commonly associated with, you know, monks or, or hippies, but I feel like it should be associated with everybody because it is medicine for the mind. And by doing meditation and, you know, getting into an active routine and, you know, journaling, as I said, and just starting to really take care of myself, it gave me this new perspective of how I wanted to lead my life in a more genuine way, even if that wasn't going to be as easy. Because sometimes being the best version of yourself doesn't mean that that's the easiest. Being the worst version of yourself is pretty fucking easy. It just, it feels like shit and you feel like shit. And so meditation, it allowed me to be able to just truly be alone with myself and have no one and nothing. Like removing all of these sources and just honing in on me who I needed to be for myself and the life that I needed and wanted to live and guide and the influence that I wanted to have over people and the impact that I wanted to have in this world, I had to make that difficult change. And that was, it was a, a hard pill to swallow that I was in charge of being the best version of me and nobody was going to do that for me. And by meditating, it really helped me regain that perspective and lift illusions by illuminating my truth. Because there are truths in in this life, you know, But just because someone else has a specific truth doesn't mean that that's going to be yours or the next person. And just because certain people look the same way doesn't mean that they're all going to live the same way. And, you know, like I, I'm, I used to be Christian, but now I, I'm not. And I, for the longest time, I thought that by, Deciding that I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, associate, I didn't really have faith in the Christian belief that, you know, I was automatically a Satanist or I was, 
you know, this demonic person, because that's what had been fed to me. But once I took, you know, all these, you know, that influence away, those words away, and I kind of, you know, thought for myself, I allowed myself to think for, think for myself, rather than for all of these other people, because I realized I had been thinking for other people and to please other people. Meditating allowed me to realize that I'm not an evil person for not having faith in a specific religion. I'm allowed to believe in science and believe in, you know, my, and have my specific belief system. And those people, Christians, are allowed to have their own faith. They're allowed to believe in God and Jesus and, you know, Eastern, you know, they're they're allowed to have that faith and that be just, and I'm allowed to believe in science and that be just as just because we're all living our own truths and none of us really know at the end of the day. I've learned that the more you learn, the less you know. And so we really don't know shit at the end of the day. And so as long as your belief system isn't harming another person, place, or thing, then go for it. Go you. It's it's nice to have something, to believe in something that's larger than you and gives you hope, I suppose. But for me, I'm a very logical person. And so having faith in something I couldn't see was actually hurting me in a way. And it made me question myself constantly. And it made me question whether I was truly loved because I I just, I had, I, I went through so much. I've lived a very large life at a very young age and it made me question myself because, you know, there's this big theme of God loves you no matter what and God will be there for you through this and God would never want, you know, and I just, it made me feel as though I would, he didn't love me and I didn't love myself because of that. I wasn't worthy of love and and so, and I know that um, many other Christians, they have a different viewpoint on it. And, you know, everybody has their question where, you know, their faith is questioned and they come out the other end and it makes them have a greater appreciation for God. But for me, it it made me have a greater appreciation for myself and the fact that I can love myself and no one else has to love me. This God that could or could not be real does not have to love me for me to love myself and for me to be loved and for me to have a beautiful life, an amazing life. And it's up to me to lead that life. And it's up to me to guide myself and take myself where I want to be. And no God is going to dictate that or have a, or have a negative or any kind of power or control over that. I was in control of my own life. And that just helped me create a connection with myself in my mind and my myself and my life as well. And and with meditation, and I, I'm talking about this because these were realizations that I had through meditation, just like s- smaller ones and, and just for examples. And But meditation, it helped me create a connection with myself, my mind, my heart, my ego. And it it really helped me calm levels of stress and anxiety because a lot of times we, I wasn't, 
I'm not inherently stressed. I'm not inherently anxious. These outside sources are causing that stress and anxiety. Where is that coming from and why is it having this this effect on me? And meditation allows you to go, oh, excuse me, (laughs) but meditation allows you to sit down with yourself and with your mind, no one else, nothing else, and really go in and ask yourselves those hard questions or those deeper questions that no one else can really answer for you. You could go on WebMD or, you know, go on a Mayo Clinic and yada yada, but you can't get the specifics like you can from your own mind, from your own subconscious. And and that's the bigger thing is that your subconscious kind of comes out when you're meditating as well. And that's why I, I, I will continue to preach that meditation is medicine for the mind in many ways. So... I, I believe that, you know, um, it just really regaining perspective of just checking in with yourself and making sure that you're living your truth and that you are having a positive impact on not on only your life, but the lives around you. Because there for a while, I think that that was something that I didn't uh, put enough emphasis on was that the impact that I have on the people around me impacts my life. Because I noticed that when I didn't go out of my way to make sure that, you know, my little siblings or that my friends were doing good or feeling good or that I could add to that value, that I wasn't, I felt as though I wasn't adding value to their lives. That made me feel less valuable as a person because why would I not want to? I love these people so much and I know that they love me. And so why would I not want to make sure that they know that I do love them and I do care about them and they are valuable in my life. And so going out of my way to make sure that the people that I really care and loved about were also felt cared and loved, they felt that I genuinely cared and loved them, that made me inherently feel better, which kind of plays into outer work is inner work. And I know that um, a lot of people may get annoyed when I say this, but your physical health is so important. Exercising, getting, being mindful of, you know, I like to call it mindful movement, mindful meals, you know, when it comes to food, mindful meditation, being mindful with your whole life, just leading a life of value, but as well as, but that comes into leading a life of value is being mindful about the type, the lifestyle that you're living and leading and the impact that has, that that is having not over, not only on you, but the people around you, because your environment also inherently speaks to who you are as well. So when your environment is suffering, what does that say about you? And I think that was another reason why I just, I felt this urge once I started meditating, I felt an urge to make sure that the people around me felt loved and that they felt seen and that they felt heard was because I wanted that for myself as well. But I also, it was because I 
I did feel heard and I did, they took the time of day to do that for me, make sure that I felt loved and heard and seen and that I was cared for. And I wanted to reciprocate that. I really, really did. And it's, I've led a, I feel more whole and I feel more genuinely connected to my life because (laughs) there are periods, and I think some people may be able to relate to this, where you're alive, but you're not living. You're very much disconnected from reality, from yourself, from the entire world. And which is crazy because this is a generation where we have the ability to connect with so many people, but are we really connected? At the end of the day, yeah, I can text you randomly or FaceTime you randomly or like your post randomly, but is that really the connection? Is that really what we want to call a genuine connection? Is that really connecting at the end of the day? Or is that just merely contact? And and I believe that that was making sure that I had genuine connection in my life was was huge because I felt more connected with myself when I felt more connected in a genuine way to the people that truly loved and valued me, but connected to also my work and connected to my health and connected to food and con- creating a healthy connection rather than a codependency, but a healthy connection with all of these external sources, creating, recreating the dynamic of what connection meant to me. And so going back into, you know, physical health, exercise, food, being mindful, it's mindful movement, mindful meals, mindful meditation, your exercise, what you eat, making sure you get half your body weight in ounces of water every day. So important. Making sure that you're getting foods that fill you and energize you and make you feel good about yourself every day. Like making sure you get your fruits, your veggies, your protein, your fiber, all everything in between. It's so, so important for you. And exercise, Holy shit, exercise. I know. I know that some people are like, oh, God damn it. But I know you know it's the truth. If you are not exercising, I know that you know that you would feel 10 times better if you were to actually start implementing mindful movement into your routine, whether that be going on hot girl walks, Pilates, yoga, HIIT workouts, uh, which is, you know, high intensity interval training, which is pretty much like cardio as fuck. Just making sure that your body is moving, but also pushing your body to, I I guess, pushing your body to know that you can go above and beyond. You can, and learning your limits, you, you can push your body without over exerting yourself and actually pushing your body teaches you how much you're capable of and for me it was 
Because before I used to, because there for a while, there was this whole trend where if you worked out or if you ate healthy, then you were fat phobic, which literally, if you have that mindset or if you ever say that shit, shut the fuck up. Like actually shut the fuck up because I know you hate yourself if you're saying that shit and you're lying to yourself and everybody else and you're spreading a very toxic mindset that being fat is okay. Which, at the end of the day, if you don't have a chronic illness or if you don't have a disease that just naturally adds weight to your body, like, you know, we've seen Selena Gomez with lupus and how she kind of struggles with her weight a little bit. And that is perfectly fine because she is still advocating for health and she is still making sure that she is healthy at the end of the day and that she's, you know, eating right and that she is getting, I don't know her personally, but I do know that she does advocate for health. But if you are advocating for making it okay for you to to not work out, to just be lazy and to just eat like shit and treat your body like shit, fuck you. Actually, fuck you because you have an influence over people, whether you realize it or not, whether it's one person or it's 10 million people, you should not be advocating for an unhealthy lifestyle where you lack exercise, you lack mindful movement, you lack health. Because in America, obesity is one of the leading causes of death. It is one of the leading causes of deaths in America right now, and it's actually a huge epidemic. And so if you, you need to really ask yourself, am I, am I leading a mindful life? Am I being the best version of myself? And girl, I'm just being straight up. If you're pushing for that kind of life, then you're not. And you can lie to yourself all you want, but I know that you would feel 10 times better, a million times better if you were to get up and if you were to just go on a mile walk or if you were to just do a 10 minute ab workout or if you, it's not about being super skinny. It is about being healthy. It is about leading a healthy life. And I think that that's what some people think is that, you know, I'm talking about that as I'm talking about this, that you may think that I'm talking about a a specific physique. No, no, you should not chase a specific physique unless you really want to and you do that in a healthy way. What I'm saying is you should chase for health. You should desire health at its highest And you should want that for yourself. You should want to feel healthy. You should want to be healthy and because you feel good. And being healthy also doesn't just apply to like what you eat in the movement. It also applies to getting enough sleep, taking care of yourself, meditating, as I said, you know, checking in on your mental health. And for me, doing all this outer work, it really, really, really improved my inner state of being. It really improved my mental health. Doing, taking care of my my body on the outside, it made me feel better. And on the it, it inherently made me feel like a better person on the inside. And I think that that is so important because for so long, I really just I I didn't put an emphasis on taking care of my body and I felt it. I felt the consequences that that had and 
it was just blatant disrespect and another form of self-sabotage. And so really just in outer work and it can look very different from people for different people, you know, for self-care, for example, you know, some people may consider self-care as a bath. For me, self-care is getting having a clean space, cleaning up my space and doing my skincare and making sure I'm, I do my hygiene routine, you know, like taking a shower and, <laughs> you know, shaving. And, you know, for me, and it was just, that's my version of self-care. And everybody has their different version of self-care, but overall, you should strive for mindful movement and mindful meditation and mindful meals and making sure you're getting enough sleep and water because doing the outer work and making sure you're taking care of your body will make you inherently feel your it will raise the vibrations of your existence and your mind your energy and when you raise your vibrations your mental health as a whole gets better. It's just, it's, it's a proven fact as well. It's just science as well. And science doesn't lie. <laughs> it doesn't. So just show up for yourself and fulfill certain responsibilities. That was another thing that kind of plays in outer work. When I started showing up for myself in ways that, you know, for example, like going, you know, going to going to classes on time or getting in that project early or doing putting in a hundred percent on in meetings and in work projects and just giving a hundred percent of myself to all of these different areas of my life it really helped me just by showing up for myself in these other ways, I inherently felt better about myself. And it healed a part of this, this, it healed this part of me where I felt that I didn't have the ability to give 100% of myself in all of these different areas by giving 100% of myself in work and giving 100% of myself in my family and and my friends and relationships that I was going to burn myself out. But that was because I was doing it for other people and I was doing it in a way where I went... I, ble- I believed that I had to go above and beyond in like I had to and I had to overwork myself to give 100%. You don't have to overwork yourself to give 100% just by showing up and being present and being mindful of what you're doing and making sure that what you're doing in that moment is the most important thing. That is how you can show up for yourself in your life 100%. It doesn't mean exerting the absolute most energy and overworking yourself. It just means being there, being present, and being aware of the impact that you're having in that moment. Well, I hope you enjoyed this first episode of the Inner Work series. I know that um, I kind of threw a lot out there at once because <laughs> my thoughts just, they were going and going. Uh, if you don't know, I do have ADD, so sometimes 
it can be, you know, I, I kind of jump from thought to thought. So if you've made it all the way to the end, I thank you for your patience. And I really do hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy all of my episodes. And I look forward to this uploading more to the series and adding more to it as I grow as a person and as I realize things about my own personal life and maybe other people's lives and their experience that experiences that I can add into this, I, I really do want this series to continue in a positive way. And I want to preface that if you're somebody who is maybe struggling with your healing journey, then know that you're doing it right. Healing is never going to be easy, but it also eventually you'll realize that it shouldn't be a struggle and it's not a struggle, rather a challenge. And sometimes that challenge can be <laughs> can be a struggle at first. It could be perceived as a struggle, but it's more so a challenge and life in, a, in itself is a challenge as well. And so if you want to evolve and you want to constantly be a better version of you in every moment, you want to be better than you were the moment before, it's going to be a challenge. And so if, if it's feeling a little difficult right now, know that you're doing it right and be proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. And I look forward to our next episode, which is going to be on Wednesday. I hope that you're having an amazing morning, afternoon, or night, wherever you are.